This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. It is so good to be back with you again this weekend. My message is titled, How to Minister God's Healing to Others. How to Minister God's Healing to Others. Now, we are living in a world that's filled with stress and concern, financial challenges, sickness. We can't even begin to mention all the problems that we are facing today. But we know there's one solution that God has given us that will never fail us, and that is the Word of God. Because Jesus said, if you build your house on the rock, which is the Word of God, when the storms come, your house will not even be moved. But if you build your house on the sand, when the storms come, great will be the destruction of your house or your life. So, knowing the Word of God, having a revelation of the Word of God, and keeping the Word of God in your heart, and then being a doer of that Word, not a hearer only, but acting on it. Remember, the difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge is that people with heart knowledge act on the Word. Head knowledge, they depend on everything else except the Word. They can quote it to you, but they'll not be doers of it. We have got to be doers of it because we believe it's the Word of God, all right? So today we're going to refresh ourselves with a little bit of teaching about how to receive healing from the standpoint of those you are ministering to, to make sure that they understand how to receive, and then how you are to minister this healing to them. So, and I'm going to give you scriptures I have not given you at this point in time, so it'll be fresh, but we're going to cover some of the same thoughts. Okay. Until we know what God's will is, there is nothing to base our faith on. Until we know what God's will is, there's nothing to base our faith on. When you know what God's will is, faith is there. Faith for the receiving of God's blessings comes by knowing and acting on God's Word. Again, faith for receiving God's blessings comes by knowing and acting on God's Word. Now remember this. We can't receive anything from God without faith. If our faith grows and develops, heaven opens to us, and all that God has and all that heaven has we can appreciate, appropriate, and benefit from. Nothing is withheld from those who believe. All things are possible to him that believeth. So faith is vitally important to keeping the windows of heaven wide open so the blessings of God can come into our lives. And faith is a shield that shuts the door on the devil and quenches every fiery dart of the wicked. 
I don't care what it is. No weapon formed against you shall prosper if you walk in faith. No weapon. We got that? God will provide and protect those who stand in faith. Nothing will stop you. Now, on the other hand, fear, which is the opposite force to faith, will shut the heavens like a bank vault. It'll open up the windows and doors to the devil and allow him to attack your life. Don't ever say that you will die young or that you may not live out your full life. Don't ever say, if I should die. Don't say things like that. Because sure as God metal apples, the devil will take advantage of those words soon enough. You will reap that harvest. Okay. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing God's word. Galatians 3, 5 says, therefore he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Obviously, he who supplies miracles among us does it by us hearing faith. That's exactly what God said in Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So by hearing faith, miracles happen in our lives. That's the key. Romans 12, verse 2 says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Once we know God's will on the subject of divine healing, our mind is renewed. We start thinking correctly. The renewing of the mind makes steadfast faith possible. Say that. The renewing of the mind makes steadfast faith possible. Until the person who is seeking healing is sure from God's Word that it is God's will to heal him, he is trying to reap a harvest where there is no seed planted. Again, Whoever you are ministering to, remember, until they are sure from God's Word that it is God's will to heal them, He is trying to reap a harvest where there is no seed planted. The Bible tells us, Jesus said in John 8, 31, If you abide in my Word, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So there it is again. By knowing what God's Word says, by knowing the truth, we are healed and set free from every bondage. I like to pray for folks to be delivered, but more than that, I like to preach them into deliverance by teaching them the Word of God, which sets them free. Then they will stay free because they know what God said. Psalm 107, verse 2, God sent his word and healed them, and healed them. Say this, the word of God brings healing, because the word of God brings faith for healing. Okay, it is in knowing God's word that healing comes. In knowing God's word, 
healing comes. For one to say, I believe the Lord is able to heal me before he knows from God's Word that God is willing to heal him. As I said, it's like a farmer saying, I believe God is able to give me a harvest without planting any seed. That needs to sink in. I'm going to say that again. Okay, here it comes the second time. For one to say, I believe the Lord is able to heal me before he knows from God's Word that God is willing to heal him. As I said before, it's like a farmer saying, I believe God is able to give me a harvest without planting any seed. We must know what the benefits of Calvary are before we can appropriate those benefits. There are many Christians who say, pray for me. They should be saying, instead, teach me God's Word first so I can have faith for my recovery. That's what they should be saying. Instead of saying, pray for me, they should be saying, first, teach me God's Word so I can have faith for my recovery. Folks are quick to want prayer, but not quick to sit and listen to teach them so you can teach them how to keep that healing once you've prayed for them. Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Now, we've looked at this before, but it's so important. All right? Pay attention. That means give the Word of God first place. Give it your attention. Incline your ear to my sayings. Listen to the Word of God. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep the Word of God in front of you. Keep looking at it. This is what you tell folks. We're trusting God for healing, right? Keep them in the midst of your heart. How do I keep the Word in my heart? By giving it your attention, listening to it, and looking at it. It goes into the heart by doing that. Now, once it goes into the heart, verse 22, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So the Word of God is life, to those who have it in their heart, to those who find the Word, and out to all their flesh. Notice God's instructions here. The Word of God cannot be health to my body, one, before it is heard, two, before received into the heart, before received into the heart, and three, before I act upon it, I act like the Word of God is true. It does not matter what kind of unhealthy flesh the person might have. It could be cancer. It could be goiters, tumors, blood disorders, skin diseases, blind eyes, deaf ears, lame legs. It doesn't matter what kind of problems there are in the flesh. The Word of God is life to all the flesh. God's Word is life and health to all the flesh. All right, 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. 
God's word is incorruptible seed. 1 Peter 1, 23. God's word is incorruptible seed. Say this, the word of God is seed. Now you know, a cat has seed. A dog has seed. Birds have seeds. Flowers have seeds. Fruit has seeds. Men have seeds. God has seed. God's seed is his word. And all seed produces life after its kind. God's word produces God's life, life after God's kind. God's healing seed, scriptures, produce God's health. God's delivering seed, word, produces God's deliverance. God's prosperity seed produces financial blessings from God. Whatever seed we plant in the heart will germinate and have fruit. That fruit will be prosperity, health, deliverance, whatever it is we plant. Jesus said in Matthew 13, 23, He who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word of God and understands it, who indeed bears fruit. So, the good ground, or the heart that receives the seed, is the good ground, is the one that hears it, goes into the heart, and it germinates in there, grows and bears the fruit. What fruit? The fruit of the seed we plant. Prosperity seed produces prosperity. Healing seed produces healing. So while we hear God's Word and keep God's Word in our hearts and act on God's Word, the incorruptible seed is in good ground and will produce its fruit. Again, while we hear God's Word and keep God's Word in our hearts and act like it's true, the Word of God will be incorruptible seed It'll always produce a harvest in that good ground and bring forth its fruit. Praise his name. Now, when the farmer plants his seed in the ground, he does not dig up the seed every day to see how it's doing. Oh, I planted my carrot seeds yesterday. Let me go and dig it up and see how it's doing. You probably won't see anything different in that carrot seed if he digs it up. No, he doesn't do that. A good farmer says to himself, well, I'm glad that's done. I planted the carrot seed, and I believe it's doing its work. I believe the carrots are growing under the ground, even if I cannot see it. Can we not have the same kind of faith in the seed of God? the incorruptible seed. Cannot, cannot we believe that when we planted, hey, I plant that seed, I'm going to praise God because I believe I have it. When you got the seed, you got the harvest too. Just a matter of time, that's all. Just all, that's it. Once you've got the seed, you have the harvest. If I gave you a mango seed, I'm giving you a mango tree. I'm giving you mangoes. Once you've got a mango seed, you've got it all. Just a matter of time. 
Praise the Lord. So let us have the same faith in the imperishable seed of God. When our eyes are upon our symptoms and our mind is occupied with thoughts of doubt and failure, we are planting the wrong seed, family of God, to continually think thoughts of failure and doubt. We are planting the wrong seed. Don't allow your mind to go down that road. Run to the Scripture. Take it out and read it if the devil tries to put those thoughts in your mind. <clears throat> Don't plant seeds of doubt and failure. We cannot grow corn if we plant seeds that produce weeds. You cannot grow millies, wheat, carrots, tomatoes, if you plant seeds that produce weeds instead. Did Jesus Christ death on the cross by healing for us as well as forgiveness? Now, in part one of this four-part series, this is part four today, in part one I discussed that at length. But I'd like to just look at it again from the other side of the mountain, all right? The same thought from the other side of the mountain this time. Are you ready for that? Romans 5.12. Therefore, through one man, sin entered the world. What man was that? Adam. And death through sin. Again. Therefore, through one man, Adam, sin entered the world. And sin, it says, and death through sin. So say this then. When Adam sinned, death came into the world. And people died through sickness and all sorts of other things, right? In other words, if there had not been sin in the Garden of Eden, there would not be death or sickness. Disease entered into the world through sin there was no sickness in the Garden of Eden before Adam sinned. Again, there was no sickness in the Garden of Eden before Adam sinned. Jesus Christ bore our problems on the cross. He bore our sickness on the cross. He bore our death on the cross, which we were justly due to suffer because of our sin. So Jesus took the penalty of our sin on the cross. Galatians 3.13. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. What is the curse pronounced by the law? It's death, it's sickness, it's poverty, it's failure, it's hell. So every time somebody breaks the law of God, that's the result. But Jesus took all those curses, but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. How? When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. Praise God. So he became sick, he became death, he became 
unrighteousness, he became poverty, all that. He took all our curses on the cross. He opened himself up and took it all from around the world, past, present, future. He took all that, swallowed up himself, took it all away. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. Go there in your own Bible. If you want to grow in faith, bring your Bible to church. So glad so many of you are in the main building yet today. And we welcome all of you in the theater and the other rooms, in the Dr. Thea room, Dr. Beverly room. I'm trusting God all those rooms are full. Praise God. All right, you found Mark chapter 2 yet? Verse 1, New Living Translation, please. Several days later, Jesus returned to Capernaum. And the news of his arrival spread quickly through the town. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there wasn't room for one more person, not even outside the door. And he preached God's word to them. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't get to Jesus through the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My son, your sins are forgiven you. Huh. So seeing their faith, because you can obviously see they believed. They wouldn't have dug a hole in the roof, let him down, if they didn't think anything's going to happen. So seeing their faith, Jesus said, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Now, that's interesting. Why did he not say, Son, you are healed? By faith, you come for healing, you got faith, you're healed. Why not say that? Instead, he says, you're forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Wow, interesting, huh? Verse 6. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there said to themselves, what? This is blasphemy. Who but God can forgive sins? And Jesus knew what they were discussing among themselves. So he said to them, why do you think this is blasphemy? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or get up, pick up your mat, and walk? Watch that. Isn't it, which is easier to say, you are forgiven, or be healed? In other words, it's the same thing. If you are forgiven, you are healed. I'll prove to you that I, the Son of Man, have authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, take your mat, and go home, because you are healed. The man jumped up, took the mat, and pushed his way through the stunning onlookers, stunned onlookers. Then they all praised God, We've never seen anything like this before, they exclaimed. Now, let's go back here and think about this. Jesus said, to prove that I have authority to forgive sins, stand up and go home. 
or healed. So the man was healed. That's the evidence that he's forgiven. Wow. Or he might say, if you are forgiven, you should be healed as well. They go hand in hand. Did we not get healed on the cross, child of God? Have we not accepted our forgiveness, child of God? And if we have accepted our forgiveness from Jesus, then automatically we are healed. We need to understand that and accept that. I am healed. Why? Because I'm forgiven. Say that I'm healed because I am forgiven. Praise God. Again, I am healed because I am forgiven. Now I say the sickness, I resist you in the name of Jesus. Virus, COVID-19, I resist you in the name of Jesus. Pain, I resist you in the name of Jesus. Inflammation, I resist you in the name of Jesus. Cancer, I resist you in the name of Jesus. Because I am forgiven, I am healed. And so I resist these things. I will not allow them into my body. They are lying symptoms. They are lying symptoms. The truth is, I am healed. These are just lying symptoms. The fact is, I am healed according to God. Praise God. If we can get that over to the folks we're going to pray for, you probably won't even have to lay hands on them. Now then. Romans 3.22. The righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Again, the righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. All means all in the Greek, because that is what all means. So all who believe in Jesus have received God's right standing, God's right standing, God's righteousness, all who believe in Jesus. How many believers do I have here today? Who believes in Jesus? Can I see your hands? Wave them at me. Now say this, I am a believer in Jesus. Therefore, I received the righteousness of God because I believe in Jesus. Okay. Colossians 1.21. You were God's enemies, separated from Him by your evil thoughts and action. You used to be before you were saved. Yet now, He has brought you back as His friends, Jesus has done this through his death on the cross in his own human body. As a result, he has brought you into the very presence of God through his shed blood, right? And you are holy and blameless as you stand before God without a single fault. That is God's word. Say that Jesus has forgiven me and brought me into the very presence of God and I stand before him without a single fault. 
Now look at the next verse, 23. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand in it firmly. Stand in it firmly. Meditate on that. Keep that in your heart. God wants you to know it. Walk in it. Believe it. Act like it's true. Because the devil, I promise you, if there's one thing he's going to try and steal from you, it is the sense of your righteousness with God. Because all of us makes mistakes. We all make mistakes. And he's going to tell you, you don't ever deserve anything from God. You're just a rotten failure. You're a sinner. You're no good. But when you say, Lord, forgive me, you are forgiven instantly and placed back in fellowship with the Father in every way. Instantly. And don't say, God, forgive me, unless you sense in your heart if your conscience pricks you and you know you've done wrong. Don't ask God to forgive you every five minutes. That's ridiculous. Not necessary. Not necessary. You'll know if you've made a mistake. You'll know right away, oh, that was, I shouldn't have done that. So, sorry, Lord. Praise God, you're back in fellowship with the Father. Just by acknowledging your mistake. 1 John 1, 9. If we acknowledge our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So make sure there are no doubters in the room when you come to pray for somebody. Jesus asked the doubters to leave before he prayed. Make sure there are no doubters in the room before you pray for somebody. Please ask them to leave. So would you kindly step outside? I'd just like to be private with this person or maybe one or two people that you know have faith. When you pray for a child, I found very often children are uncomfortable. They won't let you put your hand on them. They'll fight you and cry and take your hand off. You can't pray for kids in that condition. They won't receive. I've tried. They don't get healed. If they act like that, they're not going to get healed. And uh, I would recommend rather you pray over a cloth, give it to the mother. And let the mother put it on the child. And let the mother say, I received anointing from that cloth to flow into that child. So you'll pray over a cloth, cotton, silk, not rayon, not nylon, not man-made cloth, a natural fiber. You pray over it, release the anointing of God in the cloth, let them put it on the baby, on the head, privately, and let the mother confess, I believe I received the healing power of God from the cloth to flow into that child. Okay. Go through my teaching notes before you pray for somebody. I've given you this little booklet, or you can get it at the bookshop. Zoom in on you. Okay, this little booklet, you know it well. And then this one is brand new, and you should have this in South Africa as well. And uh, we'll make sure you get it right away if you don't have it. This is part one, how to receive your healing. Part one, how to receive your healing in this four-part series. You're going to read this with the person you pray for to make sure 
that they got the word in their heart, you might read this one or this one or both, depending on the need for faith. If they're really low in faith, I recommend do both. Okay? Then, before you pray, there's one more test you need to do. Say to the person you're about to pray for, say, now, when I lay hands on you, what is going to happen to you? When I lay hands on you, what's going to happen? Now, if they say something like, I don't know, you can't pray. Start again with the two books. If they say something like, I hope I'm going to get healed, start again with the two books, do the whole thing over. If they say, I, I believe I'm going to get healed. Start again <laughs> with the two books. If they say, praise God, I'm going to be healed, then you pray. You got it? Okay. <laughs> After praying for the person, assuming that all the symptoms have now gone, and assuming that they feel great now, wonderful, Explain to them that if Satan tries to come back and put those symptoms back on them, they must say out aloud to the devil, according to God's word, I am healed. I don't accept this lying symptom. I resist you, Satan, in Jesus' name. See that? The pain comes back, the legs. Satan... I am healed, according to God's word. This is a lying symptom from you. I resist you, Satan. In the name of Jesus, I don't accept that. I'm staying healed. Now, let's just say, after praying for them, if the symptoms have not gone, tell them to continue reading through the booklet and through the part one. Tell them to continue reading it. And for them to continue to praise God and confess. Thank you, Father, for healing me 2,000 years ago on the cross. According to your word, I am healed. According to your word, I am healed. And I praise you for your word. I praise you because I am healed. Because you said so. They must worship God and then go back to the scriptures and confess the scriptures again out aloud. Praise God, your word said I'm healed, therefore I am healed. Hallelujah. Now, if I were there, I would now call up people, lay hands on them for impartation of healing anointing, those who want it, and then what I would do is I would say, all of you that need healing, stand up and call somebody out and say, who wants to pray for them? And bring those out who want to pray. Bring one person out, pray for them, and watch. And I will coach that person to pray for that other person in front of everybody so that everybody can see how it's done and the person being prayed for shall receive their healing 
right there, right then. And we'll do that a few times with a few people. I don't mind, half an hour, I don't mind. Let everybody who comes up have a turn to pray for somebody, and you'll all see they all get healed by somebody praying for them who've never done it before. That'll boost your faith. We are going to enter into a revival of miracles, signs, wonders, and healing where you work at school, at university, on the sports field, on the street, wherever you go. CFC is going to be known for a place of supernatural miracles, not from the pastors, from the people. It's time to make the body, to turn the body of Christ into a living, on fire, dynamic, witnessing organization, <laughs> body of Christ, whatever you want to say. Amen? Now, I'm not going to be there today in person, so we can actually do that on Sunday night, March 6th. Sunday night, March 6th. Okay? We will be arriving and ministering next weekend. Next weekend, Pastor Bev and I'll be there. I'll minister both morning services. I'll be teaching a message titled, Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? And then when I finish teaching, the anointing of God is going to be poured out mightily in the services, both morning services. Then on Sunday night, Pastor Bev has got a powerful dynamic message for you next weekend. I will be there, but she'll be ministering. Now, the last weekend that we are there, which will be March 6th, I'll teach the morning meetings. Pastor Bev will do the evening service. And then when she's done, I will then walk you step by step through how to do this, minister healing to others, practically demonstrating it, like I've just said, and I'll lay hands on everybody there who wants it for an impartation of healing anointing. So, we have an exciting four weeks ahead of us. You don't want to miss one. I would encourage everybody to come to church for these four weeks for, to experience the power of God in the meetings. It's nice to watch it at home, but it's ten times better to be at church and experience it. Don't miss one service. Next weekend we start. All right? God bless you. Be here. We'll make room for you. We'll make room for you. Just before I pray for the sick right now, Pastor Bev is going to be here on Saturday the 12th for her significant ladies' meeting. So get your tickets now. She has got a phenomenal message for you. I've read it. It's so powerful, so encouraging. You're going to love it, ladies. And there's a lot of other things planned for you, a lot of exciting things planned for that particular ladies' meeting. You're going to have fun, fun, fun. All right. Praise God. Now, if you need healing in your body, stand up on your feet quickly. Stand up on your feet. All right. Now, close your eyes. Raise your hands to the Lord. 
Say this, I receive, I receive the healing power of God to fall upon me right now, the anointing, the heat, the heat of God's healing anointing. I receive right now to flow through my body and heal me. I receive it right now in the name of Jesus. There it is. The power of God's flowing. There it is, that heat. Sometimes it's like pins and needles. Sometimes like electricity. Sometimes it's like oil poured forth, oil poured forth. Mostly it's like a warm heat that's getting hotter and hotter right now in your whole body. And that problem is melting away. That problem is melting away right now. There it is. There it is. Growths are going. Goiter's going right now. Cancer's going right now. Pain's going. An injured leg is, is being healed right now. Backs are being healed right now. Arthritis also being healed right now. Uh, several, several people are being healed from hernia. Hernia right now. Yes, there it is. Now, praise God, praise God. Lift your hands and thank Him. Lift your hands and thank Him. Say, thank God I'm healed. Thank God I'm healed. Say it. Now, test yourself out. Now, be vigorous. Be aggressive. Be, be a, I mean, do, do dramatic exercises, whatever you couldn't do. Do it vigorously right now in your seat. Go ahead. You'll find it's all gone. It's all gone. Now, you need to do something. In Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus' garment. She was healed, and Jesus turned around and said, Who touched me? He needed to know who healed, who was healed. The ten lepers went away. Only one came back. Jesus said, Where are the other nine? Only one came to say thank you. So right now, Jesus wants you to come up and say thank you. Why? Because when you do that, you keep your healing. So just come up and say one word of what God healed you from. That's all. Cancer. Arthritis. That's all it is. We don't have time for a whole talk. Just come up to the platform quickly, take the mark, and just shout one word in gratitude to Jesus. And say, arthritis, that was healed. Praise God. Give God the glory coming up right now. Praise God. We're waiting for you. As soon as you get up front, take a mark and shout into it. And then you can go back to your seat. And then I'm going to do the altar call. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Let's give the Lord a praise as they come up, family. I hurt leg and hernia. Praise God. Vision. Acid reflux and sinus. 
thank God for my healing on hernia and diabetes. Back pain. Diabetes, I'm healed. My soul hip has been healed. My back pain has been healed. God has healed me from no longer able to use glasses to read any longer. Cataract problem. High blood pressure in right ear. High blood pressure, pre-diabetic, and a back. I'm healed. Thank God for healing me the pain, the ongoing pain that was always on my neck. My ulcer is healed. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, God, for taking the pain away on my, on my, on my feet. I thank you, wonderful God. Stroke I've healed. Praise my back has been healed, thank God. Uh, I thank the Lord for healing my back. Bad sinuses. I thank the Lord for healing my ankle. I came here with crutches and now I can walk. I thank God for healing my back and aching body. I thank God for healing my back pain. I thank God for healing my back and my neck as well. Thank you. Thank God for love back degeneration and my right knee. Thank God from, for healing me from a heartache this morning. Thank God for healing my chest pains. Thank God for healing me from sugar diabetes and acid reflux. I thank God for healing me from fibroids, chest pain, and a fever. Thank you, Jesus. God has healed me from nerve damage. I've been healed from incontinental bladder and arthritis in my feet and my toe is so sore. So I believe that is also healed because they operated last year in March and God is just healing it today. Thank you, Lord. I thank God he just healed me from a terrible cough and a sore throat. Wonderful. I want to thank you, God, for giving me epilepsy. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me from my arthritis in my hands. Thank you, Jesus, for healing my arm. I was bitten by a pit bull dogs about 2007. I feel it. I feel much better. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, for healing my lungs. Amen. I thank God for healing my left leg. It was always troubling me. Thank God for healing my right knee. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. How many need to be sure they're going to heaven one day? If you don't know where you're going, you can for sure right now. So say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, please forgive me for my sin. I accept you as Lord and Savior. 
Today I'll live for you with all my heart until I see you face to face. Thank you for saving me, giving me. God is my Father. From today, I'm God's child. I'm bound for heaven. Thank you, Jesus. If you said that prayer for the very first time, we want to give you a great big praise God. We want to thank God for you. Lift your hand up if you said that prayer for the first time. Today, you gave your life to Jesus. Let's put your hand up and let's praise God for you. Keep it up there for a moment. The ushers are coming to talk to you for a minute. There you go. Thank you. Don't forget, next weekend, see you there in person. We love you all. God bless. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 